Kibiskan Key Rats. Welcome to another episode of Kibiskan Stories, where neighbors meet neighbors. Today we have Nelson Sambrano, the owner of the Donut Gallery, a place that we all love. And if you've been around, it's also been around. <laughs> so I look forward to get the story. This is, this is amazing. Thank you, Nelson, for jumping on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. We're here to get to know about the Donald Gallery. So let's let's dive right in. How did it all start? Well, uh, I guess it all started back when my father had an opportunity that he found the restaurant for sale. And that was way back in the, I guess, uh, early 70s when my father was actually in New York. And uh, he had a friend who came to work one day and told my father the story about him having a friend who had a restaurant for sale down in Miami. And I guess my dad must have been telling him and other people at work that he was interested in having a small little restaurant that he could control all by himself. So after him taking the, the not the advice, but the, the cue of, of knowing that there was a restaurant for sale in Miami and always wanting to go back to Miami, being from Cuba and not really liking the weather of New York, him and the guy who told him about the restaurant jumped in an airplane three days later to go and look at the restaurant, which the guy probably didn't know that my dad was going to say, let's go look at that restaurant. And three days later, they were in an airplane in Miami looking at the restaurant. So that's how it really came to fathom to my father to be able to, to even get a look at the restaurant because my dad wasn't in Miami at all. So he had to go to New from New York to Miami to see it. So that's first off. And then he made an agreement with the guy who owned it that he was going to come back from Miami or from New York to buy the restaurant. And it was a handshake agreement between him and the guy. And my dad said, I will be back. I'm going to buy this restaurant. Now, I can't tell you how long it took to go from leaving Miami to go back to New York to move the family to Miami. I don't know how long that took. I was a very young kid then, but it could have taken six months. It could have taken eight months. I don't know. Pick a family up and move. It must have taken a while. It wasn't just an overnight thing. So I don't know how long that took because by the time I got, my dad got to back to Miami, the guy didn't want to sell it anymore. <laughs> what happened to the good old handshake agreement? <laughs> got it. That's exactly right. So that's a good question. So my dad said, all right, I don't, I don't know what this is all about. You said you wanted to sell it. I told you I wanted to buy it. So my dad already had made the move to Miami. So obviously, you know, he moves the family here thinking he's going to buy the restaurant. I believe he bought a home here in Miami, knowing or knowing that he's going to settle here mm. in the Miami area, Southwest area. And then I guess he just went to work in different places for a short time, looking for other jobs while the guy had told him, no, it's not for sale anymore. And I, I believe it was six months later, the gentleman called my father back up to see if my dad was still interested in buying it. So... I guess from there, uh, it went to where my dad said, okay, I'll come back. Let's see. And the guy wasn't still really interested in relinquishing the entire thing. He wanted to sort of, in a way, play games. I don't know if I want to sell. Do I want to sell? Okay. So my dad became a partner. So my dad gave him enough money to satisfy his needs to make him say, I don't want to sell it completely, but I'll take your half as a partner. So that's how it became at that moment. And from then on, I guess, I don't know, for a short while later, they worked it together because they turned it more into a restaurant 
at that time and started to sell more menu food. Whereas before it was just donuts and pastries and small items that you could collect while you were there. And of course, coffee. And small the, community keeps saying. Yeah. And the design has always been the same? Changed very, very little in the years. Very, very little. Okay. And then, so now it's Donut Gallery, of course. The last time I was there, I didn't see donuts. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since donuts. Uh, okay. I'd say about uh, over 20 years now since no donuts because of the fact that uh, the donut fads in the 90s and the donut places that we got the donuts from went clo- uh, closed and we stopped selling the donut. Now, and then other items on the menu. I mean, my, one of my, my personal favorite, of course, is the Tet Special with the right. eggs and the hash browns. So I know there's a story behind that. Who is Ted? Ted was a customer of my father's who uh, came to the restaurant every morning and, uh, you know, coffee after, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, of course, Stefano's, but prior to Stefano's, there was another club there called the Keyhole. Mm-hmm. And that goes way back into the 70s and early 80s, uh, probably even ended in the 80s because that's when Stefano started. So it was a club that was right there where Stefano's was right along Cranon Boulevard in front of the 7-Eleven shopping strip. And it provided uh, a place for people to go and drink until five o'clock in the morning. They had one of those 5 a.m. licenses. So they would go there and party all night long until five. And then my father's restaurant opened up at 5.30 and they would just come right from the partying right to the restaurant. Yeah, I remember Stefano's. I remember Stefano's. And it was already on its, like a couple of years later, it, it just changed. It wasn't there anymore. Right. And right. I, I, I do not remember the keyhole. I was too young for that. But I remember that in the new Key Colony Plaza, or the, yeah, the plaza, there was another club op- opened called the Keyhole for a little right. bit. So I don't know if that was some like remnants from back in the day. You got but, it. But, but I remember, I remember that. Yeah. So um, basically they, someone kept the name. And I guess kept the license up by keeping the name going and keeping the name going throughout all those years and paid the license fees. And then they opened it up as like a spinoff of that club. Got it. You know, I wouldn't call it a club. I would call it like a, a yeah, bar was, in a yeah. restaurant at those days. And basically, yeah. So they kept yeah. the name and they tried to go ahead and bring it back. So Ted, though, so you were telling me the story of Ted. So Ted was, was a person that would like to go to Stefano's and then end up at your dad's place. It was more, more the keyhole days, the keyhole days. Okay. More in the keyhole days, but basically, yeah, he, he would venture off into my father's restaurant after going out all night. Uh, he was also known as the silver Fox because he was a naturally young, gray haired, gray, gray haired guy. Uh-huh. And uh, he would go out, you know, five o'clock in the morning, always come in with a different girl on his arms. And uh, he always ordered the same breakfast all the time. Just a couple eggs, bacon, toast hash browns, whatever it may be. But my one day he told my father that he was uh, sick of the same old thing, that he wanted something different, and that he wanted my dad to give him something that was different, that he could eat for breakfast. It wasn't the same old thing that he was always having. So my dad collected a bunch of the breakfast foods and put them all together, which ended up uh, satisfying the gentleman called named Ted. And after a while, the guy kept telling my father that my father should put it on the menu because it needed to be on the menu, not as a Ted special, but just on the menu as an item. So my dad had just made some uh, menus just prior to that. So Uh he couldn't just go ahead and change the menus right away. So he waited some time 
uh, maybe five, six months down the road. And uh, the menu got changed. And on that menu, as a surprise to Ted, was that item in his in his honor with his name on it. So it became the Ted Special. Now on the menu, more than 35 years. We've been in existence probably more than 40 years because we've been in existence now 50 years. And it's been more than about 45, 42 or 43 years it's been on the menu. So 50 years, you said. We are now 50 years. So yeah. this, is, this is your 50 year. It will be in September of this year. It will be our 50th anniversary. So congratulations. This is a Why, huge milestone. How about that? Is it? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I, yeah, the Donut Gallery is a great place. My dad and I used to go there in the mornings um, before work. Sometimes, you know, we would do that. And if, with my friends, of course, the New Year's thing is the sunrise and then the Donut Gallery for those that made it. There you go. Exactly. For those that survived. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a great place. I like the, the style, the design. I like the pictures. Oh, thank you. Can you tell us a story there from one of those pictures that you remember? Uh, not just of one of them, but I mean, I basically used to just take random photos of customers at one time. Uh -huh. And I used to just take the photo and pin it up onto like a little board up along like a little strip up along the, the, uh, the framing of the restaurant. Uh -huh. And uh, when I got together with my wife, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, we started to make collages with instead of uh, not protecting the pictures and just having them out in the open, we started to put them behind the protective uh, 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 plastic uh, Lexan laminate mm -hmm. and put them on a board and, and show them as more of a collage. And then we started doing collages. And now I believe there's a, a total of five collages spanning probably about 30 years of time, space for one more collage, as well as then when we started a sideshow digitally. So we have a digital sideshow going, nice. more of an updated one, and then those are more of the older ones, spanning, like I said, from probably the probably the early early to mid '80s till about now, and then of course the digital one took over after that. So, what is what is your role specifically? What do you what do you like to do most? I consider myself the glorified maintenance man. <laughs> what was your latest repair? Uh. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of doing one this morning. I had to go in this morning and take in a, re a replacement toaster because the other toaster, it had four elements that, uh, that uh, it's instead of being like a typical house toaster, which has like a, like little bars that light up on the side. These are like uh, uh, long, long, like light bulbs, which inside is the element. And there's four of those in the toaster, two on the top, two on the bottom. And it has a conveyor where the toast goes through and drops out the back on the other side. So as it goes through, you can yeah. adjust heat on top and the bottom, the adjust conveyor speed. And I had to, one of the light bulbs go out. So when that happens, it doesn't really give me a good toast throughout the whole thing. It'll leave some of it partially untoasted, burn one side, not toast the other one enough, have to go through multiple times. And then so basically I had to take in the replacement and bring the other one home. Now I will have to order one of the elements and go ahead and, be the maintenance guy to repair it because if i had to get somebody else to do it then it would cost me that money the time and the main and the and the and the taking it to the service place so i learned how to do it myself so that i can save the money and the time the story of the entrepreneur huh i mean well you know that's what yeah. it takes you know because if you always let somebody else go ahead and do uh do the work they will take a lot of the a lot of your savings i believe it 
so the test special, of course, is one of the, I guess, popular. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. It's definitely an icon on the menu, yes. Are there, are there any other icons you can recommend or, or you've seen people like or any other stories in the menu like that? Uh, the Ted Special has had a couple spinoffs. Oh, okay. Because uh, the original one was on an English muffin. So let me just tell you that's what the, the Ted Special it. is. I have right, an English you, muffin. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, let me just tell you what the Ted Special is, first of all. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. <laughs> it's a, an open-faced English muffin with uh, two slices of bacon, a slice of ham, Two, two pieces of sliced tomatoes, two pieces of cheese, and then the fried eggs or scrambled eggs on top of those, all to melt it all down to put it on top of the English muffin, open-faced. So uh, some years ago, another friend of mine and I were having a French toast on the side of a, of a Ted's bedroom, and we decided to make it a French toast Ted's bedroom by taking away your English muffin and sliding a piece of French toast underneath it and a piece of French toast on top of it with the powdered sugar and making it a sweet type of Ted special where as you bite through it, you also want to put some maple syrup on top. So as you're going through it, you're getting the taste of the maple syrup and the powdered sugar with the saltiness of the bacon and the ham. And then you're cutting through all that together and it comes out to be the French toast Ted special. I love it. I love it. I haven't so, had that. So that's a spinoff of that. And we also have one that for the healthier side, the people who do not want the red meats, we have one that's called the turkey Ted special, where we take away the bacon and the ham and put turkey sliced inside of it. So that's also a different flavor, but it also is a way to eat the Ted special, where if you don't want the red meats, you can also have it with the turkey. So it's also a very good way to do it. I like it. What do you, go ahead. And I was going to say one of my favorites, which a lot of people uh -huh. don't decide to have as well, but it's a good way to do it is uh, I actually scramble my eggs and inside the scrambled eggs, I put sausage inside the scrambled eggs, diced up with extra cheese inside the eggs. And then I put that on top of the already bacon, ham, cheese, and tomatoes, and put the scrambled eggs with sausage and cheese on top of that with a side of hash browns. And that's a, that's my specialty. That's your specialty? You that is, is there a Nelson? If I go now and I say, I would like the Nelson, do they know? Huh? Probably not because I haven't labeled it as that, but uh, Lori, if you get in touch with Lori, which is the waitress, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you know, she's been the waitress there for over 30 years. She knows the way I like to have it. She'll probably remember that that is the way I like it. I was about to ask you, you know, about the team. I know Lori has been around for a while. She's great. I like her energy. You know, I think she, she's part of it. I mean, I, th I don't think that you can separate them now. <laughs> right, well, right, right. She has definitely been a uh, part of the of the interaction there for, like I said, over 30 years. She started when I graduated high school in about 86, 87 with my father, and she's been a staple with us ever since. So imagine that, how many years that is with an employee being with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I need to ask you, trivia, what is your wife's favorite breakfast at the Donut Gallery? When she used to come in, before I met her, she used to come in because we actually met at the Donut Gallery. Ah, she's, that's a, she's a customer, so she, yeah. we met like that. And she actually did like the Ted special. But she's more of like a light uh, – she likes scrambled eggs with tomatoes and cheese, feta cheese. Okay. Okay. That's what her one of her favorites is. Did you – when you guys were first met, were you – did you make her her breakfast? How did that – start uh no i was more of a waiter back in those days okay so i was more the server and i would be the one in, in between the the cook and the 
and you know getting the drinks and everything else but i would go to the cook and give them the weight of the, the the order of the person so basically i was taking her order and uh with friends that she could, would come with at the time and stuff like that so yeah did you ever give her a free breakfast never good not even now that was a test <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome Finishing up with what you mentioned about your dad becoming a partner when he first learned about the donut gallery. How does that story continue? Because I know that you are, you guys are fully owners, right? From what we talked about um, pre-podcast. So how does that continue? He was partner and then. Yeah, my wife and I are the owners now, but uh, there was a time when my brother and I were owners. And prior to that, my dad being the owner, then he left it to us. But the way my dad became the full on owner back in the day, after he made the arrangement to become half owner with a gentleman who was not sure if he wanted to sell it or not, or how he, he wanted my dad to come into it at all. So they finally became the partners after my dad was called back up after the initial uh, telling that he didn't want to sell it. So my dad came out of uh, working at different places around Miami and then he was called up and then uh, became partner. And then some other people came to try to buy the restaurant that I believe already knew the restaurant was for sale prior to my dad stepping in as the partner. Mm. And my dad went outside to do negotiations with these, with these uh, uh, two partners that were coming in to try to buy it. So my dad was outside negotiating with them and he got a price from them, a good price for, for what they were wanting. And he came back into the owner and he had said to the owner, if the owner would want to sell it now, and if the price that these guys were, were offering would be a price that he would want to sell it for. And my dad said, here's the price. Do you want to sell it? The guy says, that's a great price. Let's go ahead and sell it. So my dad said, well, since you're willing to sell it and that's a price that suits you fine, I want to give you my half that is worth what they're willing to sell it to you for the half that I now own or don't own. I will give you the other half. So my dad used those two that were trying to buy it as a ploy against the owner. It was not really wanting to sell it at one particular time and not wanting to sell it to my father, but was now wanting to sell it again. So my dad paid him the half that he owed and my dad became the owner of it. So that was my dad's way in. So that's a story that will always be a, a part of how he got it. And then my brother and I ran it after my dad passed or during my dad sort of getting a little ill. And then my wife and I took it over and now have run it now for about 13 years on our own. 13 years on your own. Uh-huh. And, and now my daughter has stepped in as well. Okay. And has been working with us. So that's a great thing. It has alleviated us. See, how do you like that? Uh, it's a family owned. This is a family. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, very great. Excuse it's like those businesses that you see, you know, it's like, you know, Nelson and daughter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's now three generations. It was my father's, my brothers and I, my wife's and I, now my daughter's. Mm -hmm. So, or my dollars involved. So three generations of the Zambranos. So it's like, it's definitely nice to see that. So how does it feel to own the donut gallery? I think it's been a plus throughout the years, having, having been able to uh, manage our own business, uh, uh, being able to uh, get the employers that you want and have control of who's working underneath you and with you uh, as well as the, during the during hard times and hurricanes and and the COVID and all that, I didn't have to go through all the all the sanctions of 
of employers telling you, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. Mm -hmm. So we basically would run the restaurant the way that we wanted to do it as a family business, uh, give people their own choice, basically, as far as that. That's and, awesome. Uh, that's it's, one it's, of the freedoms, right? And, yeah, a lot, a lot of freedoms. Uh, the, 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 the times that we get off, instead of a typical nine to five job, our, our schedule uh, finishes at three o'clock in the afternoon, which just allows us an afternoon to be able to get out on the water and boat on this beautiful island that we live in, to get out on the water. It's, just, it's part of the life that you have to have here in Miami. The water is part of it. Agreed. And I think that your 3 p.m. You know, closing time, it's great because it allows you to actually enjoy your afternoon. Like regular people work from like, you know, nine to five. And then by the time that you finish working six something, and then you have, let's say you pick up some groceries and then you have to organize the kids or the family and then dinner. And before you know it, your day's gone. Exactly. exactly. And you have your weekends. If you're lucky, you have your weekends because sometimes even then you have to do the things you couldn't do during the week, like errands and stuff like that, laundry, whatever. But having that 3 p.m. closing day for you, it allows you to really take advantage of the day, I think. Yes. Personally. Yeah. Early, early risers, because we were there at six, but uh, that early rise and sac sacrifice really is a, a nice sacrifice for having the afternoons off and to have them. You'd be able to get off at three and enjoy those afternoons. At what time are That's you going to plus. bed, for example? What's that? At what time are you going to bed? Uh, I'm usually, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, uh, watching TV, and then doze off after that, you know, anywhere be before 11 o'clock. I'm usually, you know, in bed by that time or asleep before 11. And the days that you go to the donut gallery, if you were too late? I'm still around that time. Still around that time. I get to, uh, I get up at uh, 5.30 in the morning to get there by 6.00. I live right down the street, so I don't have to worry too much about having to go too far. I don't have hair, so I don't have to comb it in the mornings. Perfect. That works out great. <laughs> crisis averted. <laughs> <laughs> talking about crises. Hurricane response. I know the pre-podcast we were talking about how you guys function around that, that you consider yourself a first responder here in the key. Tell us a little bit about that. First responder in the sense that uh, yeah. we want to get back to protect our own business as well and our home, which is here on the island, but also to, to get ready to feed the, the people who are out of power. Uh, our restaurant uh, serves it on gas, so the gas is usually going to be flowing no matter what. Even if the power is off, we can still cook, and usually we will have a generator. It will hook up to our uh, equipment to protect our goods so that they will last throughout the hurricane outage time so that we can go ahead and use those goods to feed the people who are out of their goods and out of their power while they're in their dire straits. And we've done that during Hurricane Andrew, Wilma, Irma, and it's been a success for not only ourselves, but the fact that people want to come in, they tell the hurricane stories, they tell the gossip, they want to hear what happened to their friends, if everything's okay with all their friends, and it's usually a nice meeting place. So it's uh, always been nice to see people after the hurricanes. You know, the community comes together. Now I know. Now I know that if a hurricane hits and since I work for local government and then we're out there doing stuff, we could always go to the donut gallery for sure early Oh yeah, oh yeah. and get breakfast before we go out to chop oh, some yeah. trees down. And we usually try to keep the same hours as long as the hurricane is not during our hours. Like Andrew was at two o'clock in the morning. So by six o'clock in the morning, not that next day, but the following day after that, we were open again at six o'clock in the morning. Irma, we were open, same thing. Not the very next day, but the following day when they started to let us onto the island, we were 
we came onto the island that, that one morning to plug our, our generator in. And then the very next morning, we're open at 6 o'clock in the morning because they had opened the island in the afternoon in between. So we were ready for business the following following day after that. Awesome. When you were telling me about having that 3 p.m., you know, rest of the day, you mentioned about boating and stuff like that. So let's talk about, about Key Biscayne. What is your favorite part about living in the Key? Most definitely being surrounded by the water. The water is a, a great place uh, to, to be and enjoy. Uh, Miami offers it. If you don't get out on the water but live in Miami, you're missing half of what Miami has to offer between uh, if you like motorsports or uh, kayaking or paddle sports or anything like that, or just swimming, being on the beach, being in the water, it's Miami's got it for you. Whether it's South Beach, Virginia Key, Key Biscayne, and being here on Key Biscayne and being so close to it, I definitely enjoy the water, having a boat at a jet ski myself, paddle boards, growing up on the water and really definitely uh, have, the, have the need and the feel to always get out on it. Awesome. Awesome. Nelson, this has been great learning about the Donut Gallery. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We look forward to having you again for more stories of the Donut Gallery. Come and enjoy the Donut Gallery. Yeah. Oh, for those listening, I will put all the information on the show notes um, for those that want to know. Obviously, if you're living the key, you know what the Donut Gallery is. But, you know, I'll still put the information there. And for all those newcomers that don't know, yes. the Donut Gallery Diner. 83 Harbor Drive, Key Biscayne, next to 7-Eleven. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs>